Chronicles, going back to the Old Testament tonight. A little OT. Watch, I'll turn to the verse and there will be my notes probably. It's all right. I've, I kind of, you know, not bragging, but I kind of live like this, so it won't be easy. I mean, it won't be hard for me to get it. <laughs> oh, this is class. There we go. There's page one. I just didn't write page one on it. I thought I did. All right. There we go. <laughs> this is good. It's going to be a good night. Hey, brother, brother Dale gets up and acts a ham and never loses the anointing. So I know how to do the same thing. I know how to do the same thing. Wow, this pulpit's tall. If I didn't have my notes, I could just read off the scripture that's, that's on the inscription here that my brother put on there. We'll just preach that. Come on. All right. Come on. First Chronicles chapter 10, or chapter 11, excuse me, chapter 11. Chapter 11. And I was just looking at some things, being that Dr. Jacobs here at church during Sundays and Tuesdays has been taking a little bit different turn, uh, talking about standing against some things. Standing up, of course, we just came out of camp where we learned about standing up. And, you know, that's a... Even though that's, you know, just kind of an expression that we use a lot, it's really broad, and there's a lot to it. There's a lot we could say about that. And um, because, you know, you got to learn to stand up against your own petty feelings. you got to stand up against, you got to learn how to stand up against your flesh. you got to learn how to stand up against tiredness. you got to learn how to stand up against fear. Then you got to learn how to stand up against the devil when he's trying to, trying to, trying to hinder you trying to buffet you, trying to keep you from moving forward. You got to learn how to, you got to learn how to, uh, you know, stand up sometimes when other people maybe aren't acting the right way that they should. You got to learn how to stand up in love. Of course, we always do everything in love, but sometimes you got to, you just can't let things move you. And, uh, and, and other people sometimes will try to move you and you just got to, you just got to stand up and keep standing. And, um, and, you know, it's a little cliche, but it, it is true. You know, if you don't stand for something, you'll just fall for anything. You really will. That's, what, yeah, that's why it's so important. You've got you to gotta stand up for some things. Or you'll just chase every little thing down the road, down the pike, and, and you won't get where you're going. You won't get where you want to go, and you won't get anywhere with God. And, uh, well, you know, it's just, a, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing we could talk about. And about standing, about standing up, and uh, like I said, you know, you, the 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 devil's defeated. But the thing is, if you don't enforce him, he'll just he'll just have his way, because he'll use your flesh, he'll use your petty feelings, he'll use that fear, he'll he you know he'll he'll hold you back any way that he can hold you back. The the devil's not. You know, he's not like this bad guy that's treating everybody that's unsaved bad and then just leaves you alone because you know Jesus. That, that he, he, hates, he hates progression. He hates God. He's against him. He's not for you. He's never been for you. He hates you, wants to destroy your life. And he's defeated. So don't get in fear about it. You can live long, live strong, finish a good course, and, and the devil never, never steal anything that's really valuable to you. If you don't let him, but you got to learn some things. You got to learn how to stand. You got to learn how to stand. So let's uh, is uh, 
is he is he back now he's still looking for page one somebody ought to tell him i found i found it and uh oh man this is great oh i feel my i feel my church family tonight young this is great that was a good laugh that was a good laugh i wasn't expecting that but uh i really i remember writing one on it but i must have missed it but uh praise god let's read this real quick first first chronicles chapter 11 verse verse 10 and this is the story of uh, talking about David's mighty men and pastor's been talking about this a lot and this is something that's always meant something to me um I even named my dog Joab because I, I and he was not one of the actual one of the mighty men he was the he was the he was the general of the army and uh but uh I won't even I don't want I won't even start talking about him because he didn't finish right but uh well <laughs> My wife's laughing. She knows I want to get that out and say a little thing, but I won't. But uh, but Joab was one of my favorite guys in the Old Testament because he did he would do the things that David didn't want to do, and uh, the dirty business that David couldn't do. And uh, but he also did some things David told him not to do, and it ended up costing him his life early. But well, praise God. And uh, well. <laughs> Yeah, we, we won't talk anymore about that. Verse 10. Um, now, pastor's been reading this out of uh, 2 Samuel, but we're going to, or 1 Samuel 23. But we'll, uh, or 2 Samuel 23, yeah. But um, we'll read this out of 1 Chronicles 10, just this little passage. Um, now, these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, with all Israel to make his king to, with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. Let's read that again. Now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David had who strengthened themselves. Who strengthened themselves. They were strong men and had unusual, uncharacteristic, unique victories in life. You could read about them. You could continue to read that chapter later on your own time unusual feats of strength, unusual feats of God's power and presence with them on the battlefield, doing unique things. One of them, uh, uh, Benaiah, he, he, he defeated the lion in a pit on a snowy day. And uh, I just like the sound of that. That just sounds tough. That sounds like the toughest dude I've ever met. I don't know anybody who ever defeated a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I mean, everything about that just sounds tough. <laughs> That's the baddest dude I've ever heard of. And, uh, and I met some bad dudes, but I mean, that's the baddest dude I've ever heard of. And he didn't even make it to the top three. He was in the second group of three. And uh, wow, that's, a, that's some bad dudes. So, but this, this is what made them who they were. They strengthened themselves. And if we took out, now I'm not saying these words in here are fluff or filler and I know the Bible says not to take away not to add but I just want you to look at this we can still keep the context of this verse and if, if we read it like this who strengthened themselves according to the word who strengthened themselves according to the word all those other words in there are important they, they have their place but you could still keep it in the context of that scripture and say they strengthened themselves according to the word and, uh, you know, part of the, the, as far as the concept of the church 
and having a pastor and having this awesome church family. That's the way God designed it. But you know, the church isn't always there to be your cheerleader. And there, you know, and there's a, uh, you know, it's not always there just shouting you on. Your church family's not always there on a Monday morning. Not always there when you don't feel like it. Not always there saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can finish, you can have a good day. Get back on your faith. Get into the Word. Talk right, think right, act right. You're not always got a bunch of cheerleaders around you from your church to help you live. You're going to have to learn to strengthen yourself. You have to strengthen yourself. You're going to have to learn to strengthen yourself when you don't want to get up. You're going to have to learn to strengthen yourself to go when you don't want to go. You're going to have to strengthen yourself to, ha- to, to be nice when you don't want to be nice. You're going to have to learn to strengthen yourself to, to, to walk in love when you don't want to walk in love. You're going to have to strengthen yourself to be just to be happy, just to smile when you don't want to smile. You're going to have to strengthen yourself to worship God and lift Him up when you don't want to lift Him up. You just want to, just want to have a pity party, close the doors, and, and not invite anybody. Yeah, but you're going, to, you're going to have to strengthen yourself according to the Word. According to His Word. Strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself. You can do the same kind of exploits and have unusual happenings of the presence of God in your life, just like those men did. But it all comes down to that fact. They strengthened themselves. They followed a great man, but he was not their strength. They strengthened themselves according to the Word. According to the Word. Every single battle they fought... They, they were fighting knowing that God said, this is our king. This is the man we're serving. This is the man that's going to that's gonna lead Israel. This is, I'm committed to you. They were, they were thinking. They got up every day thinking about the word of God and what God said. You could go back and read, read the Psalms. All those men that David had around him, they were, they, were, they were writing those things out of their heart. And God was encouraging them in the midst of not good situations. And he was giving them insight and wisdom so that they could work these mighty acts. But you got to strengthen yourself. You got to strengthen yourself. We got good pastors here and we got awesome youth leaders, but you know what? They can't do it for you. They can't do it for you. You got to strengthen yourself according to only one thing, and that's the Word of God. If you live your life based on, based on uh, you know, how you, how you think other people think about you, then guess what? You're not going to live a strong life. You're not going to do any exploits for God. You're not going to have any effect. You're not going to see much of the presence of God in your life. But if you live your life strengthening yourself according to what the Word says, then I'm going to live according to the Word. When you don't feel like it, but you know that, his, that the joy of the Lord is my strength, you got to you got to you got to constantly always be thinking about the way you're thinking, the way you're acting, the way you're. If you're, are, are you even excited about anything? I get on myself if I'm not excited about anything, and I'm normally naturally not a forward-thinking person. But I realize that if I get to the point where I'm not thinking about the future, and if I'm not acting towards things in the future, and if I'm not purposely progressing my life, then I I start to examine myself, and I make myself think about the future. I make myself think about going further in the things of God. I make myself do that. Make myself do that. You got to strengthen yourself. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta strengthen yourself. You gotta strengthen yourself. Nobody else can do it, but it's according to His Word, not according to the way people think, not according to just what your pastor says. Is it real to you? Is it real to you? Have you ever gotten in the book? 
you know, at camp, we, we meditated on the Word together and did a repeat after me. But, you know, we probably, in that little short time frame, we probably quoted 20 scriptures. See, it's got to be that real to you. And it can't just be a parity. I, I know enough scriptures that I could just say them out of memorization, but i gotta, I got to strengthen myself to where they mean something to me today, where I'm standing on them, where I'm not standing on the way I feel, and I'm not standing on my job, and I'm not just standing on where I go to church, but I'm standing on the very Word of God that He promised me. Strengthen yourself. Nothing else can satisfy. Nothing else can do for you what the Word of God can do for you. It's your foundation. It's your foundation. It's what you stand on. I get up every day knowing that this is more real than the way I feel. It's more real than the job I go to. It's more real than the economy that I live in. It's more real than the community I live in. The Word of God means more to me and it's more truthful than any of that stuff. Any of that. Period. Those great men of God with David, they did things outside of what their mind was telling them they could do because they strengthened themselves according to His Word. Man, when everybody left them, they stood there because they had strengthened themselves in the Word. Strengthened themselves according to the Word. You know, Brother Jordan talked a lot about that at camp. And I've been there. I've stood alone. I've had all my friends leave three times. I'm not saying that in a bragging way. It's maybe not something to brag about. But hopefully I wasn't the reason. But uh, I was in a good way. But you know, there's, there's times when your friends leave you. But there's also a time when it's biblical and right and true for you to leave some friends. For you to stand alone because you chose to. Whether someone's going this way and you're going to choose not to. Or you're going this way and they're going to choose not to. It's a split either way. It's a split either way. And I've been in both. Been in both situations. But it's easy to stand alone and still get the victory. Still defeat your foe. Still just keep walking. Just keep defending that ground that God gave you long before. Because you strengthen yourself according to the Word. Because you strengthen yourself according to the Word. When the Word of God becomes your strength, that's the only strength that will defeat any enemy. Any enemy. Any enemy. Any enemy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the enemy. Man, glory to God. Hallelujah. When you strengthen yourself according to the word, it causes you to react according to the strength that's on the inside of you. When your flesh hollers at you, you can react according to what the word of God says because you put it in you. You put it in you. You put it in you. Whether, whether it be, whether it be the, uh, just anything. Just anything. Well, praise God. I got something in my heart of how I want to say it. just need to figure out how to say it. It doesn't matter if it's just your flesh or if it's boys or if it's girls or if it's uh, rejection. Something's always wanting your attention. Something's always going to try to make you react, try to make you respond. You know... The, God's that way where you can't get anything from Him unless you respond to Him correctly. But you know what? The sin, sin and the world and all that evil stuff, it's the same way too. you got to respond to it correctly. And if you respond to your flesh, it'll just take you into that. It'll take you into demonic oppression. It'll take you into that. It'll take you into sin. It'll take you into things that you can't get out of yourself. It'll take you into bondage. 
rejection, fear, religion. What if you respond just out of your religion? It ain't going to get you where you want to go. you got to respond according to the word of God that you've hidden in your heart. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. One of the greatest things you got to learn to do is when pressure comes, you got to always be... And this, this is not something, this is something that has to become a lifestyle. It's not something you can just kind of do once and, and, it, and it work for you. It's something that you got to constantly do. You have to learn in you a, a, a habit and not more, more than just that to where it actually becomes a fiber of your own being, a part of your makeup, where when anything comes, the, the Word of God is the first thing you're thinking, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? Because a lot of times you may not have pressure, but you just may not want to move forward like I was just talking about. You may not have a lot of pressure, but you're just staying the same. You're not going where God wants you to go. You're not moving forward. You're not making progress. Well, you're the one that's got to stir yourself up and say, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? The Word says to grow up into all things. Into all things. To grow up. To move forward. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And we need to be moving forward. You know, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 1, to stand fast, therefore, in the freedom by which Christ has made you free. And I learned this years ago. The Holy Ghost showed me that, you know, if you stand where you're at long enough, that place will become a bondage. If you don't move forward, that very place where you're at will become a yoke of bondage. Because you get so comfortable where you're at. But God wants you to grow he wants you to be more bold than you've been. He wants you to be more hungry for Him than you've been. He wants you to be more stirred up and strengthening yourself more than you've been. He wants you to be a more bold witness than you've been. Praise God. Well, I don't know if I'm getting very far, but I like it. I like it. Come on. You know, sometimes you just need to learn. And uh, I probably won't, I don't think we're going to turn there. But, you know, you need to learn to encourage yourself, strengthen yourself. You know, the Bible says in the story of, about uh, David and Ziglag, you know, they came and took. And, I, and for those of you that don't come to church, I know I'm telling some stories from the Bible. And it's unfamiliar stuff, but just hang with me. And, uh, but, you know, David was out making a deal, and the deal ended up not working. So he came back to where he had had his men. And, and the enemy had come in and taken all their wives, all their stuff, their kids, kidnapped them all and taken them, burned, this, burned all their tents and took all their stuff. And, uh, and, you know, his own men, some of these maybe even listed here in this verse, turned on him, wanted to kill him, yeah. were not happy. And I'm telling you, if you've got a man who killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day <laughs> wanting to kill you, you're probably going to get killed. But... Uh, but the Bible says that he strengthened himself in the Lord and encouraged himself in the Lord. He stirred himself up. He strengthened himself. Why? Because he knew the Word of God It was on the inside of him. He spent those years as a teenager on that hillside watching those sheep fellowshipping with God. And he, has God, he had God's precept on, and precepts. He had God's words and God's things and God's thoughts on his insides, inscribed upon his heart. He had the very Word of God. 
as a part of his very fiber. Just like an orange, when you squeeze an orange, you don't get apple juice. You get orange juice because of what he put, what he put in himself. When the pressure came, that's what came out. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He, he strengthened himself according to the Word. Not according to the way he felt. If he would have lived according to the way he felt, he probably, that probably would have been the end of David. But he strengthened himself and he went and talked to the Father. And the Father said, pursue, overtake, and without fail, recover all. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of power of the Word of God that when we strengthen ourselves according to the Word of God, we can pursue what belongs to us, we can overtake, and we can without fail recover everything that belongs to us. Everything that belongs to us. Praise God. I know there's some young people in here tonight that you. this is kind of new to you. You just recently received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But I'm telling you, you got to learn what belongs to you. Because now you're in a whole different kingdom. Yeah, you see everything around you. The world maybe not. It hadn't changed much. You still live in the same city. You still live in the same house. But I'm telling you, what belongs to you spiritually... What's already been promised to you is, is really big. Bigger than anything you could imagine. <clears throat> Praise God. Man, we get, you know, the Bible says finding out what is acceptable unto, the God, unto God. You know, when you, get, when you get saved and start growing in Him, you start finding out all kind of things. Start finding out what belongs to you. Well, praise God. A little different flow tonight, I know that. But uh, praise God. You know, I was thinking about just I was just reading this last night's kind of where this kind of got all over me and uh, my message kind of changed but um, you know I was just thinking and, and some, of, some of you weren't here but when we got back from camp uh, Sister Brianna Burns told, that te- told her testimony told her story and you know that's one of the you know my youth minister used to say all the time he said you can always tell your story you know you don't have to know every scripture and have every spiritual answer to every spiritual question. You just sometimes you just need to just buck up and tell your story. Say, so, you know, I don't know about all that, but I know what God did in me. Here's what He'll do. And uh, and I'm telling you, I I got ministered to because I've been there. Maybe not to 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 the same exact extremes and the same exact things, but I've been through that. I think every teenager goes through a little bit of that, where you got to learn where eventually God becomes your God, where you experience Him. And he changes your life. And, uh, and you know, I was thinking about, you know, their, their sister Brianna mentioned about getting delivered and God changing her life. But then she said there came a day when even the scars kind of reminded her a little bit. And, you know, I think we all have scars sometimes from the past, things that try to remind us. Maybe they're inside, maybe they're unseen scars. Maybe you can't see them with your physical eyes, but they try to remind you of things, try to remind you. And, they, and, and the thing is, if you start looking at those long enough, you'll get right back in the same bondage. But you, is what you got to do is what she said that she did. You just got to gotta strengthen yourself. You got to strengthen yourself according to His Word. You got to get up and say, No, I'm not looking at you. I'm not thinking about you. I'm already beat you. You're already defeated. I already won. I already won. I already won. Jesus won for me. Jesus, Jesus having entered the, 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 uh, behind the veil, He provided it. He went into the Holy of Holies behind the veil for me. He done, def- he done provided everything. He defeated death. He conquered death. He made a show openly of their defeat. Glory to God. That's the way you've got to think. When things try to remind you of your past, 
past has no hold on you. But you've got to strengthen yourself according to the word or it will have a hold on you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know, you know, well, praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, sometimes those scars, like I said, they may be, they may not be something you can physically see. But I know you've got to learn not to let those things dictate your life. And uh, any kind of hurt, maybe something came from where you knew that it wasn't exactly, you got involved with somebody and you knew maybe it wasn't exactly the Holy Ghost. Or you thought it was a good idea, but it wasn't exactly a God idea. That don't make you wrong. And uh, it don't make it wrong. Don't make it wrong. But maybe some things ended up not working out the way that you thought. It don't mean that you or the other person was wrong. It doesn't mean that you did anything bad. Don't mean that you did anything wrong. Don't mean that they were wrong. Don't mean that they're not, you know, just because they're not the one for you. Don't mean there's something wrong with them. And see, that person has to deal with that. That person has to deal with that. That's why it's so important to keep the church clean. It's good to have strong fellowship and have good friendship, but you've got to keep the church clean. Don't be creating this spider web of emotions all over the church, hurting feelings all the time, and, uh, because you'll hurt people. And you won't strengthen the church that way. So be cautious. It's good to be friends, but just be real cautious because there, there may be some people getting their emotions and their feelings and their hormones all wrapped up in you, and you don't even have a clue. So just be, be cautious. Because we don't want to hurt the church. But, uh, but see, the thing, whether it was someone else that hurt you or maybe you just hurt yourself. I've been there loving the idea of somebody more than, more than that somebody. And that'll, that'll, that'll lead to heartache. That'll lead to those scars. But you've got to strengthen yourself. You've got to strengthen yourself. There's, there's been so many times in the church growing up where, you know, for whatever reason, my emotions got hurt, my feelings got hurt, someone just surpassed me and got recognized and grew up spiritually faster than me and things like that. And a lot of, and that, that, that's all great, and I'm happy for him. But, you know, I had to deal with my flesh. I had to deal with my petty little feelings. And I, plus, as a teenager, you're developing, so all of that's going to, you got to figure all that out, too. you got to figure all that out, too. Young people listen to me tonight. And, um, but you know what I've learned? is when I just casted all that stuff off and just said, I ah, get out of here. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to live like that. And just begin to get in the Word of God and think like the Word, talk like the Word, act like the Word. You know, eventually, I just kept on going. And it didn't matter what everybody else did. And unfortunately, most of those people, they ain't even here anymore. They ain't even here anymore because they got distracted by the wrong things. They didn't strengthen themselves according to the Word. But praise God... And, and uh, you know, just, just hang in there. It doesn't matter what side of that relationship thing you've been on. It doesn't matter what side, whether, whether you made a mistake or whether, or whether someone else made a mistake or whether you both made a mistake. Just, just, just hang in there until God speaks to you. Hang in there until the Holy Ghost speaks to you. I'm telling you, I've been there. I know. I know. I mean, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And there's no need for any details, but I've been there. I know exactly what I'm talking about. I don't say that in a bragging way. But I, I just, you know, you just, you get to that point where you just say, you know what, I'm going to hear from God on this. And I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing until I hear from God. Miss Donna came one night and talked to me and she said, have you met Miss Alicia Gilo? And I, I said, Miss Donna, don't you even do that to me. I said, don't you get that thought in my head. And I start liking the idea of somebody instead of liking the person. I said, you just leave it alone. I know what, I know what you mean well, but I said, don't you do that to me. 
And I didn't mean to get a little bit of an attitude, but I kind of did. And, uh, and, uh, but then the Holy Ghost started speaking. Well, my, my. And, uh, and, uh, praise God. And it was worth the wait. It was worth doing things right. And I, like I said, I didn't do everything right. But, uh, but praise God. I strength, you just got to learn to strengthen yourself according to the word. Because, you know, there is some things that try to... Your emotions sometimes, your hormones sometimes, and then the world around you will try to weigh down, try to break you, try to lean on you. You know, just the pressure sometimes, it just gets heavy. But you, gotta, you, you can be strong enough to push it off, push it up, push it out, push it away, but you got to strengthen yourself according to the Word. you got to strengthen yourself according to the Word. Strengthen yourself. Strengthen yourself. That when pressure comes, you can stand up and say, No, I'm not going to let you defeat me today. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. You got to be, you know, you, if you don't do this and if you don't practice this, eventually something's going to come that's larger than what you have strength to beat. That's why you got to strengthen yourself every single day in His Word. And then is what will happen is you'll begin to live a life where you're so strong on the inside that you never get that report because you learn, you learn to get so strong on the inside you're taking care of things long before they ever come. You're speaking the right things, speaking your faith, and you're turning things away from you. You're deflecting those fiery darts of the enemy. And, hey, I'm not trying to preach about the devil tonight, but you know what? Our adversary is real. The Bible says so. And he is not for you. He is against you. He's a thief, he's a killer, and a destroyer. And everything good comes from God, the, the Father of lights, the Bible says. And everything against you comes from the devil. That's why, you know, people say sometimes that God paid for, uh, paid for sin at the same time he paid for sickness and disease. That's true, but really we separate those to teach them. Really, if he paid for sin, then he automatically paid for it all. He had to. If he paid for sin, then he had to pay for sickness and disease. That's why, the, that's why the, the, that I don't understand why people would think, well, healing's not for today. No, then salvation's not for today. Because Jesus defeated sin. The Bible says in Romans 5.12 that for by one man's offense, sin entered the world. And if sin entered the world, then death. Death is where poverty comes from. It's where sickness and disease comes from. It's where never getting ahead in life comes from. It's where being psycho and crazy and tormented comes from. And so if Jesus paid for my salvation, then he automatically paid for me to have that. It's mine. It belongs to me. Don't, don't live your life. Don't live your life and, and miss out on everything else that God has for you. Receive Him. Receive the born-again experience. Receive the Holy Ghost tongue-talking experience. Receive the healing experience. Receive a sound mind. Receive being full of joy, full of peace. Receive it all. Receive prosperity, having your needs met, everything you put in your hand to prospering for you. My goodness, the Bible says that He came to give you the power to get wealth. If you've got the power to get wealth, you could give all your wealth away and have the power to get it right back. My goodness. Think about what kind of giver and distributor to the body of Christ you could be if you understand that you've got the power to get wealth. My goodness, you could give it all away and get it right back. Well, praise God. None of this was in my notes, but uh, praise God. Hallelujah. I just had that on my heart to talk about those scars because you know what? They, they can only be a reminder of the past, but that's all they are. They're just a reminder. 
They're just a reminder of the past. So just praise God every time you see those scars or those hurts in your life, those hurts in your heart. Just praise God and just thank Him for where He brought you out of. Praise God and just praising that, you know, you're not, you're not who you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. Praise God. Just keep praising Him. Just keep praising Him. Glory to God. Like I said, there will be a time in your life where you'll look and a, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of the things that used to be so important to you, they're not even around you anymore. A lot of the people that might used to be real important, they may not even be around. I believe that we got a group here that's going to stick with some things. And um, I, know, I know we do. It's just different. It's different. It's different. And um, praise God. I, whew. Got a, got a lot on my heart here. I just want to make sure I get to where I'm going. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change gears here real quick. Go with me to Mark 16. It's one thing about those men in that verse we just read in First Chronicles, and I know it took us like 20 minutes to read it, but the... Uh, maybe 30, but uh, is they, uh, they strengthened themselves in what God said because they were committed to a man and they were committed to their nation. They were committed to the people of their community. They were committed to the people of, the, of, of God that they were connected to spiritually by promise, by covenant. And uh, and you know that's the way we got to be. We got to strengthen ourselves in in the in the Lord sometime, and strengthen ourselves according to the Word sometimes because it's just not all about us. It's just not all about us. It's about these younger ones coming up behind us. It's about the world out there that's lost and dying and that don't know the answers, don't know half of what you know. You know, I just heard Rod Parsley say that the average. It's like the average pastor in America spends four minutes a day in prayer. Well, no wonder why our churches are just head churches, head preaching. No heart stuff in it. No spirit stuff in it. The messages are just dry. Doesn't, doesn't even matter if they're a word church. It ain't, it, if you ain't praying more than four minutes a day, you ain't got no, you ain't got no life in it. There ain't, no, there ain't no oil of gladness on those scriptures. It's just dry as an old cob. The Spirit of God's not moving. Well, I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> praise God. But the thing is, see, we have, to, we have to realize that those men strengthened themselves according to the Word because they were committed to something. They were committed to something. And they were committed to being a lot more than just selfish. Just watch me get ahead. No, they did amazing things to protect something. They did amazing things for God to defend something. They were fighters. Dr. Summerall said that John Wesley amazing because he was a fighter said he'd fight a whole nation alone if he had to for Jesus. Think about that. What kind of man is, like, is that? That would show up in a foreign land that he'd never been by himself and say, I'm going to win this whole nation by myself if I have to. Who would think like that? Who would act like that? Someone who strengthened themselves according to the word. Yeah, it'll, make, it'll turn you into a fighter. I'm not saying fighting against people, but I'm saying fighting for things that belong to you. Fighting for a lost, hurt, and dying world that needs Jesus, needs help. And you got things in you that are way bigger than anything 
anything. Wow, that's a weird noise. <laughs> bigger, than, bigger than anything that you've ever done. Wow. Oh, where, where's, is Kimberly here? Oh, yeah, at camp when Brother Jordan was preaching, you're like hiccup slash inhale. Like, <laughs> it was great. And Brother Jordan called her out on it. Well, I just did one of those noises. One time, Pastor was preaching on the, I was sitting on the front row, and I said, that's right, but like something just messed up with my throat, and I went, <laughs> It was so loud. It was so terrible. Pastor kind of looked at me, and I was like, uh, I instant, instantly turned red. Oh, it was terrible. I was like, that's, ah! and it was, it was uh, uh, so bad. Everybody in the whole church heard it. Uh, it was almost as good as the time I told Pastor Debbie Simons, yes, sir. Yeah, almost that good. Almost that good. Oh, well. <laughs> After those noises, I think I should drink some water. Oh, man, that was a good laugh. Oh, I did. I, it was, it was, it, I, can't, I can't even make that noise again. I don't know. It's like I've talked through my nose. I mean, it was, I did. I said something through my nose, maybe through my eyelids. It was terrible. It was weird. Oh, well, got you guys laughing. The, we'll read verse 15, Mark 16, 15. And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, and he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, I just want to clarify that, you know, sin is not necessarily... Any specific sin is not what's sending people to hell. It's the sin of not knowing Jesus. Because if you don't know Him, then you're in sin itself. And you're a slave to it, the Bible says. And it's going to rule you, and it's going to control you, and it's going to take you to its end. Which is weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth, all those things that the Gospels talk about. It's punishment. It's torment. But in Jesus, there's, there is no torment. There is no punishment. Not saying it's give you a free right to, to, uh, to just live any way you want. But you know something, my dad and I was talking about this. You know, the Apostle Paul had to say, he said it in the Gospels. He said, now does this grace mean that we can just live any way we want because of grace? The reason why he had to say it, because it's kind of true. Because he said, now we shouldn't go and live any way we want. But he's saying, it's that strong. It is that strong. The blood of Jesus is the most powerful thing on the planet. Man, think about that. It's a, I mean, it, it really is that strong. It really is that strong. That you could just come back to him and say, Father, I'm sorry, I messed up. It really is that strong. Now, of course, you don't want that kind of fruit because you're going to reap of the things you sow. And so we obviously want to live right. I'm not giving you a reason to go live any way you want because you'll, you'll have to pay for those things later because you're going to reap them. Sow your wild oats, you reap shredded wheat. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's an oldie but a goodie. But see, that's the thing that's sending people to hell. The sin for not knowing Jesus. And so we can't just assume that everybody's heard it. And another thing is regardless of how many people's heard it, they have to hear it. They have to really hear it to get it. And you know, there's a, there's a story in the Bible in Acts 16 
where the apostle Paul hit they, him they were worshiping God in the in the depth of the prison the lower bowels of the prison not a good place brother Sean studied it out it was a terrible place but you know what the power of God showed up and shook that place and they all got out and the jailer came running in and he said oh my goodness I lost the prisoners and he was going to he was going to fall on his sword and kill himself and the apostle Paul stopped him and he said what must I do to receive this life that you got and see is what had happened he may have heard the gospel but he, it didn't register to him it didn't mean anything to him but when he experienced and came encountered with God's power he wanted what they had and I used to tell people all the time I hope you see something in me worth living for more than what you're living for I hope you see something in me worth living for more than what you're living for and that's, that's the kind of effect that we should have on the world is where they see something in us that they say, what, what do I got to do to have that? What do I got to do to have that? And the thing is, we, and I'm going to wrap it up. I know I've been teaching a while. But let's go to Acts 20. I know I kind of jumped around tonight and kind of took a little funny turns, but I just had that on my heart so much about strengthening yourself that I just had to get that out. Probably a lot of other scriptures I could have talked about, but... Um, Praise God. You know, you need to enjoy, you need to learn how to enjoy life right now. The Bible says that godliness is profitable not just for the life to come, but for right now. For right now. For right now. For you living right now. Life is supposed to be good. Life is supposed to be great. Life's supposed to be full of God moving awesomely in your life. Praise God. You know, God's doing things right now for me and Alicia that I. It, just not uh, the right setting to say, but God is a good God. God is a good God. God is a good God. He can do things for you that you could never figure out in your mind. He can open doors of opportunity that you could have never opened on your own. He can put you into places to do things for Him <laughs> that no one else could put you there. But the thing is, we just got to learn to live the life, you know. It's not about these awesome experiences that happen sometimes. I have, I have unusual things that happen by the Holy Ghost, but then I also just have my everyday living. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, you know, I'm not looking the guy in the face at Quiznos and telling him that I've been praying for him for a week and he starts weeping and crying. I'm not doing that every day. But, but those days do come. But you know what? When those days aren't there, you know what I do? I get up and I say, well, Father, I don't feel like going to work, but body, I'm going to speak to you. You have to be strengthened with the life of God that lives on the inside of you, that quickens and makes alive your flesh. So you've got to talk to yourself like that. You've got to strengthen yourself according to the Word of God. Well, let's look at Acts 20, verse 35. We'll read the whole thing. I have shown you in every... Now, this is the Apostle Paul... Got a, got a group of ministers surrounded to him. He knows he's going on to Jerusalem and he, know, he knows that bonds and uh, prison basically awaits him there. And uh, so he's getting, he's in the region of Ephesus and he gets these ministers together and he starts pouring his heart out to them because this is the last time he's going to see them. So this is very important words and the, 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 whole, the whole chapter is just jam-packed full of awesome stuff, especially verse 28. But stay with me in verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive.
And I just want you to think about that tonight. Like I said, I'm not going to preach much longer. But that's not just talking about, you know, giving a watch away is more blessed than having a watch. That's not exactly what he's talking about, even though that is a true principle. I have a lot of nice things because I've learned to give a lot of nice things. <laughs> I've, got, I've got all kind of watches, just tons of them. Tons of, I mean, nice ones. I don't like cheap stuff, so I got nice stuff, but I got tons of them. Why? Because I've given a lot of them away. I don't say that in a bragging way, but I mean, they just keep coming. Ties, I will never be without a nice tie, ever, ever, because I've just, I've got too many, I got too much seed out in the ground. I'll never go hungry because I've already blessed too many people with meals. I will never go hungry a day in my life because I got too much seed in the ground. Got too much seed in the ground. And, uh, Man, you know, if you've really learned that principle, I, I think I, I've been thinking about that a lot. Man, there's all kind of things that I would like to have that kind of surplus of all the time. Well, guess what? I'm going to have to learn to give like that. Have to learn to give the same way about shoes is the same way I give watches and sunglasses and ties and whatever. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work for you. It'll work. It works. It's a God's principle. It governs this whole earth. It, it does. It governs the whole earth. And uh, it even governs, well, praise God, it governs your words. The words you sow out there are reaping and producing for you. Well, praise God, that didn't mean to let that one out of the bag, but it got out. But it's important, the way we talk and the way we pray and the words we release when we pray. Don't go and turn around and talk, talk against it. When you pray, speak in faith and believe it and let it stick and don't turn against it. Don't, don't turn back. Well, praise God. And you know, some of you prayed some things out for camp and you may not, didn't see the fruit of it. Don't get, don't get discouraged. Those words are still out there working. Just because camp's over, it doesn't mean that the presence of God and the power of God and the things which you prayed are over. Well, hope I'm helping somebody tonight. It is more blessed to give than to receive. The things that you have on the inside of you, especially for those that know Jesus, there is so much that you know, especially in this church, there's so much that we know, and there's so much that belongs to you. Just knowing that he saved you. I mean, just knowing, if that's all you know, if you know that you were going to hell, and now you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you that is your helper and your comforter, and you just have a peace with God. Man, if you tell somebody that, you have hope they don't have. If that's all you know, is that you were not right with God, and now you're right with God. Wow, just think about that right there is something that you were you have you have it's so much more for you to give that than just to hang on hang on to it give it away tell everybody you know Jesus has changed my life I'm not the same person I used to be I'm not the same person I used to be man I know I'm not the same person I used to be man as I was listening to Brianna's testimony I was thinking about man all the times I sat there and cried myself to sleep hating myself hating everything hating life <laughs> and how God changed my life. Man, think about that. <laughs> Whew. He's a good God. He's a good God. He can, he can change every single need in your life, whether you think it's small. You know, a lot of times, sometimes you get a little older and you look back at life and you think, man, I was so, that was so stupid that I was so hung up on that. Yeah, but you know what? When you're there, the hurt's real. It's real. It doesn't matter if, you, if the thing is a small thing. And 20 years down the road, you look back and say, why was I so hung up on that? doesn't matter. The hurt was real. And you needed real help at the time. 
And it's like what I always teach about choices. If you, if you feed on that hurt, it's going to lead you further and further and further into bondage. That actually will become a big thing, not a petty thing. But praise God, <laughs> you can be free. Hallelujah. But it's more blessed to give. The, 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 it ain't right for you to experience the love of God like we have, like you have, and all the, all the goodness that God has for you, and just to hold it in and to bottle it in. God's been so good to me, I have to let somebody in on that truth. Jesus said to go. You know, there's two kinds of judgment. Number one, there's the white throne judgment. I know I'm not trying to get theological, but just listen. That's for those who don't know Jesus or are judged on whether they know him or not. But then there's the judgment seat of Christ. And that's where you're judged on what you did with what he told you to do. Not trying to put fear in you. Like I said, there's no, there's no punishment for those who are in Christ. Just because you're going to get judged on what you did, there's not punishment in heaven. The Bible doesn't teach that. You're going to get taught, but you're not going to get punished for the fact that you missed it and married the wrong person. You're not going to get punished. If you're in Him, then the blood of Jesus, I already said that it's the strongest thing there is. It wipes out your past. But I'm just. But the thing is, there is a judgment. There is where you will be judged on things. You're not, it's not judged for your actions as far as judged to get punished, but it's did you enter into all that God had for you? That's what it is. And so those are the two kind of judgments. So those who are of, of us that are saved and we know Jesus, then we're going to have to give account. And what we just read in Mark 16 is one of the things that Jesus is going to give. He's going to ask you to give account for. Dr. Summerall said Jesus told him that personally. He said, I'm, I'm judging you according to Mark 16 because this is what I told you to do right before I left. It's heavy. I know I'm not trying to be super sober, but it's, it's good. And, uh, but the thing is, see, right after Jesus told him that, they went out confirming the word with Jesus. It said the Spirit of God working with them, confirming the things which he told them to do. I mean, he went on to heaven, and they went out doing this. So God's with you. He's for you. And the thing is, is when you step out to be bold for him, it doesn't matter if you have the faith to get it done or not. Sometimes God will just show up just to, just the fact that you stepped out. He'll show up and do an awesome miracle way beyond your faith, way beyond what you even were dreaming. Maybe you may have even been in doubt and God just show up just because you stepped out, just because you made the first step. You may not even have been in faith that, well, I'm going to pray with you. Let's see if anything changes. Well, praise God. But because you got bold and reached out for people, God will show up. And that won't last forever. Of course, you've got to develop your faith. But there's times that God just wants to show up and you've got to let it you got to let it. But it's got to be out of this heart that I want to be a blessing. I would rather give what I've got than to receive. We sit in this church, like Brother Jordan mentioned it, I think it was last week, that, you know, God's not about you being a reservoir. He's about you being a conduit. The Dead Sea is dead because it's got no outflow. Nothing lives there. There's too much salt and all that minerals depositing there because there's no outflow. God doesn't want you to be a reservoir. He wants you to be a conduit of His power, His presence, His joy, His peace, His, His ability to move in people's lives. He wants that moving through you. But don't hang on to it. And, I, and the thing is, see, like I was talking about, you've got to strengthen yourself according to the Word. If you don't strengthen yourself to be a soul winner, then you won't ever be. 
If you don't ever get up thinking about it, if you don't ever get up and say, I lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I cast out evil spirits and they have to obey me. I walk and live in miraculous power. If you don't ever think like that, if you don't ever talk to yourself like that, if you don't ever strengthen yourself according to the word and begin to think about the people that worked it, how can I minister to them? How can I get my foot in the door? How can, if you don't ever think like that, you won't ever do anything. But see, it's got to become a part of you. It's what Jesus told you to do. It is His will. It is His Word. So you got to strengthen yourself according to the Word, all of it. Not just the Word that says you're going to be blessed, be prosperous, live in health, live long, finish strong. No, what about go into all the world and preach the gospel? What about a, lurse, a, lurse, a lost, hurt, dying world? What about that? What about that? What about that? It, it, it wasn't a suggestion. Hey, you know, it'd be good if you guys went out and, like, ministered this life that I gave you and gave it to other people and, you know, get a few more. You know, the Bible says Jesus told a parable of the talents. <laughs> I apologize. I don't want to wrap this up. But uh, he, told us, he told the parable of the talents where a servant, uh, I mean, a master gave his servants these, uh, this amount, certain amount of money. And he gave one ten, he gave one five, and he gave one one. And the guy who only got the one, he, he feared his master, and he went and he hid it, and he buried it. And when the master came back, the ten had 20, the five had 10, and the guy had one, he had his one. And the thing is, is he was a wicked servant because he didn't multiply what had been given. God's given you salvation. You've got to multiply it. You've got to multiply it. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. But, you know, Jesus said go. And I, every time I go specifically to get people saved, I get people saved. If I go to the detention center to get people saved, I get people saved. It works every time because that's what I'm going to do. When I used to go to the Floyd County Jail, we got people saved all the time because we went to go preach the gospel. Every time I go specifically for that, I get people saved. So here's the thing that I've been thinking is I need, to, I need to wrap that up, that concept of going into all the world. I need to wrap that up into my everyday life. When I go to the grocery store, when I go to my job, when I, when I, when I go to the gas station, when I, when I go just out for a walk with my dog, that I am going with this message and this assignment that Jesus gave me personally, every one of you, to preach the gospel. Because not, because, not because it's what I got to do. Oh, Jesus, I have to do this for you. No, I love people. It's more blessed to give than to receive. I, I, can't, I, just don't, I don't want to just hang on to this and live this awesome life and say, Father, tell me that good and faithful servant that I did a good job. And then I, no, it, it, are you bringing anything with you? Or do you just have your one talent that you just hid in the dirt? Or do you show up to heaven with some fruit? Whew. <laughs> I uh, probably made more little blunders tonight in my speech that I've ever made and didn't know that I had page one when I had page one but uh, I really don't care I uh, I just main, the main thing I wanted to get over to you tonight is that you got to strengthen yourself according to the word and that the great commission is not a suggestion and the number three it's more blessed to give than to receive and uh, let's, let, let's, let's you know let's show up in heaven with some fruit and Dr. Dufresne has spoke a prophecy um, to this church that the things that this church was born on would be the trademark of this church. And I think they have been, but if he's saying they're going to be, then, then there's something more coming. And when pastors started this church on deliverance, faith, the blood, 
gifts of the Spirit, healings, salvation, the tongues and the Holy Ghost. I mean, the gifts of the Spirit. Everything that He founded this church on. The Word. Victory now. Living in victory right now. He, when he preaches family, he preaches about family living in victory right now. It's a, that's the standpoint of everything he preaches. And when he founded this church on those things, so many people told him, oh, that, a word church and a spirit church will never make it in this area. And you know the Bible says in Acts 4 that they prayed, Lord, look upon their threats and grant unto your servant boldness. So God gave him boldness. To, it gives, and he, sometimes the threats can come from the church and from religious folk. But... Uh, but, um, but praise God. You know, those things, but I was just thinking about, those were the things he birthed the church on. And you know, those people said they'd never make it in this, it'd never make it in this city. Well, here we are. Here we are. And we're getting stronger. And God's doing something fresh. And I hope I've stirred you up. I'm stirring myself up. I'm strengthening myself according to the word in Mark 16 that says I got to go. And that he's going to work with me, confirming his word with signs followed. He's going to work with me. It's going to work with me, but I got to make the first step. So, like I said, I go when I go to get people saved, it happens every single time. When I go to the detention center, when I go to the jails, when I when I go, and, and for some reason, when I go to the grocery store, uh, I don't know why I got a grocery store ministry, but uh, I just do. Tried to witness to a guy at Walmart, and he was quoting the word back at me. I I I. I uh, I think I was just drawn to him because he was saved. I thought I was drawn to him to minister to him, but I think I just needed a fellowship with him a little bit. It was good. And, uh, and uh, it was a funny story, but the, uh, he started quoting the word back to me. And, uh, but praise God. I'm not, you know, I'm not perfect at this, and I got a lot of people that I look to in this. Brother Jacob is a great uh, example in our church of someone who, who's very bold. Brother Bob Brown, in his 80s, is a great example of this. He probably, as far as over the years, they may not have all stuck, but as far as people brought more people to this church, he's probably bought, brought more people than anybody I know of to this church over the years. And, uh, and uh, what you don't know is he goes to the Corden Jail every single day of his life, and he gets people saved. Every, he gets people healed. Every day, every day the man goes. Every day he goes. And so just think about, you know, I'm not saying you've got to find somewhere to go, but when you go, that's when you get results. When you go with the, with, the, with the intent, I don't even care if it's the bowling alley. If you go with the intent that I'm going to get somebody saved, then you'll get somebody saved. But you've got to go. You've got to go. But we can also learn to incorporate that into every single aspect of our life where we go. So I hope I blessed you tonight. hope we helped you. And, uh, you know, let's just get more hungry for the Word of God. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm the kind of guy where I'm just going to read my Bible because that's just what I do. But... I'm just I'm stirring myself up how to make it more real, how to how to get more out of it, how to get into it more. You know, and I you know it's nice sometimes to chill out and watch a TV show just because we don't get a chance to do that very often because of time and also we don't really have TV, you know. And so I know I'm a weirdo. I don't have I have a TV. I just don't have it connected to anything, and uh, except a DVD player. But you know it's it's nice when you get opportunity. I could just chill out and veg out sometimes. But we got to stir ourselves up just to be hungry for the Word. and Because um, that's how God's going to move in your life, the Word of God becoming real to you. That's why He gave you pastors, to teach you. But you've got to feed, and you've got to strengthen yourself according to the Word. Praise God. Let's all stand real quick.